Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical Podcast with Jen and Lou. And on this episode, we'll be talking about um, the second new moon in Cancer in the month um, after the um, eclipse at zero Cancer. But more on that at, in a moment. First of all, let's introduce ourselves. Um, I'll go first this time. <laughs> I'm Louise Eddington. I am an astrologer and writer and um, author of two books, uh, Complete Guide to Astrology and Modern Astrology. And um, I just live astrology, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jen. So, I'm Jen Dushin, jendushin.com, and I am an Akashic healer, channel, guide. I teach the Akashic records, I read them. Um, and the creator of the illuminating journey cards cool so let's do our cards first before i forget oh no let me do a bit of housekeeping first um we still um you know send us your questions <laughs> you can send questions um you know they can be personal but we won't be reading birth details out in the chart but um weirdly magical podcast at gmail.com we won't be sharing charts but so it's best if the question's quite specific if you've got a chart question but also general just astrology numerology um akashic records questions you could also message them to our facebook page which is weirdly magical um and we'll uh, get the messages there um, if you would follow us there as well, that'd be great. Also our YouTube channel, Weirdly Magical Podcast. Um, we have an Instagram now, Weirdly Magical Podcast. And we also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Weirdly Magical, where you can support our running costs and our work for $3 a month. Okay, let's do the cards. Do you want to do your okay. cards? You can do your card first. All right. So I picked two cards today. So the first one is the flight. And this is the tool, one of the tools of the deck. And so flight, I think that's an interesting um, card for today. A sense of taking flight or starting new, um, seeing things from a different perspective. It's definitely also a feeling of being energized, you know, by the divine, by this idea of uh, you don't need to limit yourself or feel burdened. So it just feels like there's an energy of release. Mm -hmm. And the other card, which is a portal, was this one, which is number 24, and that's come up quite a bit lately. Um, this is a very lush card to me. It's kind of this idea of being in that place of exactly where you want to be the vision of having everything at your fingertips which is what many of us visualize but how do we bring ourselves to that place i think you know when you think about wings the first card if you can't see it is wings on a golden background or yellow background the soul portal number 24 has all these marigolds which are very um they represent um abundance uh, there is this beautiful kind of castle in the distance with water and this um, kind of all this lushness uh, happening and this figure on the side some people think she's fishing 
uh, or holding up some kind of pole on the side with here, which is, uh, some people think that's a telescope, but it's, well, it's a whistle, but it doesn't matter. You can see it how you see it. Uh, but it's, a, it's about engaging in the expansion of who you are, being in kind of in that balance with your surroundings and your desires. I think this speaks very much to the time we're in. How can you activate the vision you believe in or the space you want to live in, which is an emotional, spiritual, mental space that then creates the reality in the external. And funnily enough, <laughs> I just want to say that right. this, new, this new moon is square to Eris in Aries, who stations retrograde on the very same day at 24 degrees of Aries. Oh, wow. And I got the Ace of Wands, which wow. is Aries to me as well. And this is uh, the principle of self-realization. This is real of truth of who you are, authenticity, which is very much what you were saying as well about God. And this is, you know, Eris is in Aries. She always spends her, um, her longest time in Aries. So um, we've, most of us alive have er um, Eris in Aries. And right now she's been activated by um, squares to Pluto for this year and next year. Uh, Pluto in Capricorn and is very much about activating our self-realization and um, our authenticity and finding out the truth of who we are within the um, collective. So um, you're not much else to say about that. It always reminds me of uh, the Olympic torch. <laughs> right, right. And what's interesting is with similar coloring with the orange, you know, and there's a little bit of what appears to be red in the background. So that's similar Mm -hmm. coloring of the you know orange reds golds yellows maybe and maybe your character is carrying the ace of wands right right isn't that looks isn't a bit that? like a wand to me it looks like yeah that is what it is it's a wand oh there you go <laughs> so there you go people get your wand <laughs> <laughs> for, right. for this new moon which of course is a new beginning as well so you know <laughs> and and interestingly when we look at the numbers so which i will do now the new moon in cancer is at 28 degrees and 26 minutes of cancer so 28 is a 10 one and as jen will talk about and it's almost exactly uh to the minute opposing saturn in capricorn which is retrograde uh, which is at 28 degrees of capricorn and as I mentioned already, the new moon is square to Eris, which is at 24 degrees of Aries. And, and Eris literally stations pretty much right after the new moon. So on it, really, because she moves so slowly. So she is at a standstill on this new moon. So this energy of Eris, which is um, chaos and discord and um fighting for the outsider and, um, and fighting for the rights of herself as an outsider is very much on this new moon. And um, one other thing I will mention. Is that your talk, sneeze? It's outside the room and I've got the door shut and you could still hear sneezing. Good <laughs> Anyway, 
um, the, Haumea, um, who is the goddess of um, fertility and birth, um, the dwarf planet Haumea is opposing Eris and also squaring this new moon over at 25 Libra. And we only realized that because we were talking about the election in the US because um, Mercury stations direct on election day, November the 3rd, conjunct Haumea at 25 degrees Libra. So Haumea is activated by this new moon too. So it, that's actually forming um, a cardinal grand cross, which is um, always a real point of tension and massive beginnings of change. So do you want to dive in with the numbers, Jen? Yes, yes. How exciting. So one thing that's really exciting is this is happening on the 20th of July. And uh, the 20 connects to our 2020 year. So it is always interesting because we've had a lot of key energies or key moons at 20 degrees. And of course, 20 is about this idea of rising into accept our path forward like the cards we talked about it's that kind of acceptance of who we are it's dividing ourselves from lack moving away from that and finding that balance the beauty of rising above you know where we've been that has held us captive in some way mm. so uh, fascinating that we have the 20 and of course that's the two so it's about setting boundaries and really connecting to our intuition and uh, finding you know, Dis, uh, what's the word? Disengaging with the tension of polarity. So finding our place where we belong. I think that ties into what you were talking about, Humea and Mercury, this understanding of where we want to be, right? What are we choosing? What's the path? What's our mindset moving forward? And then having the moon and sun at 28 degrees, that Lou mentioned is a one. 28 is. Um, you know, it's almost a 29. It's considered a, uh, um, what do you call it, a critical degree, 29 to 28. Some people consider 28 also a critical degree um, in the sense that it is a change maker. 28 and 2 and 8 is 10, which is 1. So 28 is one of those numbers that actually asks us to trust our own path. So it's a divergence of moving away from kind of putting our trust in others and putting our trust in ourselves. So very much kind of what we're talking about. Uh, and then bringing in this idea of love and light, recognizing we are being held by the divine. We are finding, is it's a cancer moon, finding this energy of what is home to us, which may not be what we thought it was. Um, and then we also have, and we do have quite a few other 28s, here as well we, yeah so we have the um the nodes 28 we have saturn at 28 uh and then we have uranus at 10 so we'll talk a little bit more about that um so sedna i think is also 28 so that's really quite prominent in this moon these all these 28s that are forcing us to make a decision that's going to move us away from fake loyalty the loyalty of being 
like, oh, I've got to do what I said I'm going to do. And I've got to stick with this person because I said they were, you know, they're such a good person and read just finding what's true for you and then choosing from that place as opposed to making external decisions from an external factor. The other thing that's really exciting is that this is a 13 universal day which uh, that 13 is a number that has shown up over and over again. It is a very powerful number of change. So when we see the number 13, besides the fact that it's connected to the divine goddess and the divine movement forward and breaking away from the past, it is a number that forces us to break away from systems that we have connected to that have been familiar so it's the unexpected change that's going to kind of push us into different places mm. so i actually didn't forget to mention the date so thank you jen for mentioning <laughs> the new moon is on july the 20th at 6 32 p.m london time so that's universal time um but leading up to this new moon as well, we have a lot of changes. We have um, tonight, we're recording on July the 6th. Ceres is stationing retrograde at 12 degrees of um, um, Pisces. And she is going to exactly retrace the, the degrees that Mercury retrograded at and from and to um, between February the 17th and March the 10th, which was really just as the pandemic was kicking in and um, a Mercury stationed direct the day before um, the president announced the travel ban on, the, on March the 11th. Then on uh, July the 11th, Chiron um, stations retrograde at nine Aries and uh, Mercury stations direct this time on July the 12th at five degrees of Cancer. So we don't have a lot of major aspects moving into this next new moon, but boy, do we have a lot of shifts in, in direction and changing. And with Eris turning retrograde on the day of the new moon, we'll then have eight planetary bodies retrograde, which is huge, okay? And, um, and that's going to last us through most of the summer. We're going to have this summer of intense um, inner exploration, intense finding ourselves, intense retracing and revisiting lessons to be learned. Because it's particularly when the outer planets, which is what will be for most of the summer, because um, Venus and Mercury will have turned direct um, on the new moon, when the outer planets are retrograde, their um, their energy actually gets more intensified and has more effect. So it's going to be quite an interesting summer with um, Pallas Athena, Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn, Ceres, um, Neptune, Chiron, and Eris all retrograde. That's that's kind of nuts, <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> Um, I don't I don't know if I remember a time when there was actually eight retrogrades and these are all considered to be outer uh, bodies, not personal planets, even though we have a lot of personal planets going retrograde this year. Um, they all kind of start at the separate out from this next two, three months. It's going to be really intense. And as Jen said, with it being a, a cancer new moon, um 
it's also about what makes us safe, what makes us secure. Um, I think with the square to Eris and the opposition to Capricorn, it's um, it's shaking up how we do things. It's kind of I kind of really think we are heading for um, more of a recession than keeps being prompted up, propped up by the government. Um, and, you know, we're going to really have to shake up um, how we live and what makes us safe and secure because Saturn in Capricorn, which is really our man-made rules and institutions, is retrograde and opposing this new moon. Um, so we're revisiting all those things as well. So uh, it's really a summer to hunker down. I don't see this as a a kind of a party summer <laughs> at all. <laughs> not that we can't have it, not that we can't have any fun, but I think it's it's gonna be a bit of a slog and a bit of a really reviewing um our security, safety and security. Yeah. Right. And rethinking what that means. Uh, I yeah. think a lot of it is that we have relied on the kind of the doings of others, the sayings of others. That seems to be a theme here. We've talked about the loyalty. It's like our loyalty has to come from within, like our loyalty to ourselves and what is true to us, grounding in ourselves. I think, you know, that Saturn being in a retrograde is about restriction. So we're going to get this. I feel like we're going to have a lot of top heavy energy coming down. The government, people around us are going to start pushing down really hard on us to, to try to force us to do what they want or force us to go back into the way things were. Uh, and the way I get it is, you know, we know this is happening. So instead of trying to resist it, trying to fight it, getting angry about it is to withdraw our attention to it mm-hmm. and focus on strategy. This is a time to actually build our strategy about what we're going to do next year when we move fully into the mutable energies and, um, Saturn moves into Aquarius. So there's a very different energy, but of course Saturn is the ancient ruler of Aquarius, so we're going to get some of that energy. So it really is something to pay attention. Where am I, you know, with Mars in Aries and all of that, this new beginning we're talking about, do we want it to be a beginning about old things where we're fighting over things that have been and that we're done with? Or do we want to move our focus and go, okay, hands up, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you think it is. Okay, I'm just going to retreat to my house. I'm just going to figure out what's important to me. What will bring me safety? What actions will bring me a sense of security? Who are the people in my tribe? Who do I need to connect to? So that we've got all these different aspects to um, connect to. I think we have to remember it is cancer as well, though. So even though it's safety and security, it's also family and remembering that we're kind of all in this together, you know, so a lot of it sounds like this, you know, um, my sovereignty, my thing, but it's, it's my sovereignty within the greater human family. This is about discernment about how we can do our part to help each other, I think. And, and right. Care- Absolutely. It's a good point. But I really believe, and of course we may differ on this, uh, is that 
there is no safety, there is no security unless we truly know who we are and what we are willing to express. So if we have unexpressed anger, if we have issues around other people, our family, the world outside that we feel are taking away from us, we are not going to be a great team player. So until we understand the difference between and how sovereignty, our sovereignty, our autonomous behavior is expecting us to be responsible for our behavior. You know, a lot of people take freedom or sovereignty as I can do whatever I want. My uh, yes, this is what I was trying to get. You can do whatever you want, but that's not sovereignty. That's I mean, you've got to take the consequences. That's basically, we all do whatever we want and then we take the consequences. So if everyone goes out and says, I don't care, I'm just thinking about myself, then everyone is impacted, which is the great lesson of COVID is that, you know, we can just look at that whole issue about masks, people keep going on about, but it's a great lesson in the fact that when you say, I don't care, I don't believe about it, and therefore, it's not happening. You're in denial and you're saying, I have freedom to not wear a mask. To me, if you are being sovereign, then you ask all the questions. You go, what are the scientists saying? What are all these different people saying? What do I think? You put it all together and you go, well, science is saying you need to wear a mask, that it's better, it's safer. They've proved it. So whether I believe it or not, I'll wear a mask because it that's because i'm free right i'm free therefore i wear a mask when people say i don't want to wear a mask because you're taking away my freedom to me that's somebody in denial of what freedom is right it's like you're you're insisting that i can do whatever i want yeah do whatever you want just take the consequences take responsibility so sign documents that you're not going to put pressure on the system go away somewhere else and do your own thing right it's exactly what I was talking about because I've had a couple of experiences over the last couple of weeks where people have been flat out saying, well, I teach people to have their sovereignty and to look after their bodies and they can heal this, you know, blah, blah, blah. So they don't have to wear a mask. And I'm thinking, no, you've got it. You're not taking this correctly <laughs> you're taking responsibility for being yeah. somebody who lives in a world of others like we do not live in a world isolated and if we live in a world isolated then fine go live in a cave do your own thing don't wear a mask go and buy your 20 acres and never leave it <laughs> right and then you can live in your own world but until then you are a part of a group and in order to be a responsible which is what this thing is all about right we don't get to have sovereignty without responsibility there's no such thing i always tell people so interesting when people say well we talk about being a queen because a lot of people like i'm like yeah i'm a queen right i know i've done that in past lives i mean many of them i mean i mean i may too but uh you know when you think about being a queen lots of people think about a queen like ordering people around and you know wearing great clothes or whatever to me i think about the queen as being a really responsible job yeah because you have to, people come to you with their arguments and their discussions, and you're going to have to make sure that both sides are felt heard. Mm -hmm. Both sides, like you can't just go, oh, okay, I'll favor you. And then there's all this fighting. If you really want to have a kingdom or queendom that is running well, then you are responsible to show an example to your people and to guide them. And those are the greatest kings and queens. When we look in history, 
they're the ones that have taken responsibility, not the ones that said, well, I don't care. I'm just going to do whatever I want. So the cancer, we have to remember this cancer Capricorn polarity that we've got in this new moon is the parent line. It's the father and the mother. And we're being asked to change things up, which is Eris, like create this, shake up the old paradigm to become the, the loving mother and father or the loving queen and king or the loving emperor and empress and um and thinking of everybody and looking after the great the bigger family the human family in this case (laughs) right well you've got to think about your environment like what good is it if you are sovereign to nothing and no one right if you can just do, but a lot of this has to do with our attachment. Remember we talked about releasing your obligations, our attachment to the idea of the patriarchy, which is the the back of the patriarchy is, I will take care of you, you do what I say, right? So when we pull away from somebody taking care of us, then we have to then go, well, I'm, if I'm taking care of myself, if I need to do what I need to do, what does that look like? How do I take care of myself? How do I feed myself? How do I feed my family? If I have certain principles and I'm not going to uh, be obedient to someone else's direction, then you're going to have to do all the things of speaking your truth, taking care of people, doing the hard work, connecting to your family, your uh, out there, uh, somebody was talking about how in South Africa, this is very interesting, they started doing this thing called foodscaping, mm-hmm. which is uh, neighbors getting together and saying, okay, well, I have X amount of land, so I'm going to grow, say, potatoes, and then somebody else is going to grow, you know, aubergine, right? They're doing it here in Utah. Right. So it's the same thing. You're sharing this... Um, uh, neighborhood resiliency then right you that's how you that's how you build sovereignty is when you're like we have needs how do we take care of our own needs in our own group and that's sovereignty to me. together yeah right that's spirituality it's not you're not avoiding what you need to do you're not saying well i'm not i'm so spiritual i don't need anything physical of course you do and i've got a great immune system and so i'll be okay <laughs> right right and it's the point is it doesn't matter if you're going to be okay or not. It's the point is you look at the whole picture. You discern instead of trying to defend. You're like, what's the most, what's the best solution for everyone? To me, I look at all the factors. The best solution is to wear a mask. Yeah. Is that my favorite thing to do? But you know what? I stop worrying about it. I just like, this is what I'm doing. This is how it is doesn't really matter about my little petty issues it's just what it is and i expect my little mass collection now i've made it into a little fashion fashion thing not exactly i'm not quite uh, nancy pelosi who has a mask for every outfit but i but i have i have my mask um collection so i can you know have them in rotation and washing them and cleaning them and and stuff and just just right do it it's to me it's like what's the big deal right i don't even know you know it's what's the big deal it's like it's such a small contribution to um your community is being respectful helping the system right that's the thing if you want to be part of the human race then you really have to be part of it right you can't just pick and choose the things you want to 
um, connect to. And if so you... it's really understanding that, like when people tell you, oh, I'm spiritual, I've seen doctors that have written, there is no chemi there is no, um, what they say, there is no uh, thing that could stop, that they medically, that stops a person from being able to breathe through a mask. And there's certainly different masks. But you know, if you are somebody that can't wear a mask for whatever reason that you've decided, then just stay at home, don't go into community, right? Now, if you, that's the choice you're making, then make the next responsible choice, which is don't go in with where other people are. Yeah. That seems fairly straightforward to me. Okay. I was looking at the, um, struck me when you were talking about series going retrograde, because of series, of course, is about our harvest and about our, um, what's available to us, our resources on the earth which may mean there would be restriction around food or manufactured restriction, whatever it is. It's a great way to control people, right? Through, um, and that's why it's really smart that communities are growing their own vegetables. People are learning to bake. These are all things we need to do so we can be more resilient. We're not relying on someone else to provide us with food or systems with food. Wherever <laughs> right, right. So, what what can you do to be more resilient and more? Um, what's the word? Um, just you know, take care of your own needs. Take care of your family needs. You know, get together with your neighbors. I see a lot of people are creating um, these connections with their neighbor neighbors because that's how we do this. We get together. We talk to each other. We come up with plans. That's part of strategy. That's, you know, Athena. Well, as well, it's the North Node in Gemini. His right. Good point. Called, called into lo more local community. So, right. uh, yeah. And working together. And of course the North Node is at 28 degrees, like the, um, like the new moon. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, to talk about Ceres as well, she, um, she's also grief and loss and forgiveness. And in Pisces, I kind of feel like we're going to be processing a lot of grief during this period. I'm not going to say there's going to be more grief. There could be, there could even be, you know, a bit of a failure of some food harvests and things like that, because she is what nurtures us um, in many ways, including food and of course, cancer again represents stomach food cooking all that kind of stuff so you know i know they've been threatening it kind of all along and it kind of looked like the food supply was going to go a bit off at first i think it could um get a little bit um tighter i'm not going to say we're going to have empty shelves i don't think it's going to be that bad but mm -hmm. i think we're going to but like jen said we're going to have to be called to this neighborhood resiliency thing more because there'll be less coming from the outside structures. So, yeah. Right. And, and just thinking about it in terms of control, which, you know, when I think about in terms of grief, if there are um, pointers that feel like, and I don't know if this is will happen, but it kind of feels like there is this top down, this uh, what's happening or, or is coming to us is the, um, the government or, you know, people in charge or whoever they are trying to teach us a lesson, right? Like that kind of contraction of, I'm going to take something away from you because you're not behaving well, right? Uh, or I'm going to punish you, or I'm going to use people as examples. That's kind of how it feels. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like the easier, the easiest 
path in that is the path of moving away from it as opposed to trying to confront it right well that would tie in with my feeling because because they're all rhetoric i kind of have a feeling it's gonna actually collapse these structures more but by by taking yourself away from them then right right so what they're trying to do and we're just not going to respond to that so this is the time to put away to strategize to really get this plan in place for the next six months so we are ready to rock and roll when we move into a new uh, energy mm. i also was looking at the fact that um uh, what's the one i always forget with the little with a V, I think. Series is 12. Is it Hygieia at 13? And Juno. Juno at 12. Yeah, yeah, they're all in um, a, a T-square too. So. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, just thinking about how the female energies are rising in kind of in their um, impact on us and really bringing this energy into our awareness of what is the the two sides of the you know the female energy the goddess energy of the divine the side the one side is uh, uh setting boundaries right is like getting very clear about what's true for us so it's not we, we tend to think of it as punishment but it isn't punishment it's just um adapting right it's like okay this is out of sync this has gone too big it's out of control now we need to kind of bring it back into balance it's going to feel like maybe punishment but we mustn't call it that because it isn't it's just bringing it back into balance it's an adjustment right and when we have that adjustment we then can move into the softer warmer more loving more rebirth cycle of what's happening so we can in our neighborhoods within ourselves and our own lives uh, think about what that nourishment and rebirth looks like like what do we need to feel that uh, we can rebirth without feeling um, you know something's been taken from us but in fact we can release that you know that old stuff i just noticed as well actually there's actually a, a yard or finger of fate um or god in this chart from the sun and moon on the new moon and Sedna, which is spiritual destiny through crisis in Taurus, which is also connected to um, resources. And that's all pointing at the south node in uh, Sagittarius, which is the uh, releasing end of the, the nodal axis in Sagittarius, which is suggesting releasing old um, truths, old things you believed to be true and dogma and um and kind of really opening yourself up to that opposite point in gemini of listening to other ideas and other perspectives and being willing to learn new ways and not being stuck in your own ways so that's another um right and yeah that's a great point because when said no she was the one that was uh, uh taken in by the bird that pretended to be the handsome rich Yes. Yeah, well, her father gave her to the... Well, yeah, there's lots of different variations. But the point is, in her resistance, she was miserable, right? Mm-hmm. And when she came to, like, whenever when her father came to rescue her from a terrible place, 
in her acceptance, well, she didn't have a choice, right? Her fingers were cut off and she sank to the bottom of the ocean. So very interesting in that surrender, right? Mm -hmm. Chosen or not, in that surrender, she had to find peace. And I think that's what's happening to us. Like mm -hmm. we have to, to surrender the hopes we put or on being saved by the father, right? By the patriarchy and just go, okay, this is what they're doing. They're cutting off our fingers. They're, we're being forced to just sink into the water and take care of ourselves and have a relationship with what is, as opposed to what, you know, the illusion of what we wanted. Um, so I do want to say about this whole, the new moon, square Eris, square Haumea, opposite Saturn, is all in cardinal signs, which are initiating signs. But they're very much to do with identity because they're the first of each quadrant in the in astrology chart. And Aries is kind of the I am energy. Cancer is who am I in the family and also my within my deepest inside uh, place. Um, then Libra is where Haumea is, is who am I in relationship with significant people in my life? And Capricorn is who am I in the public realm within out in the world. So we've had this major cardinal crisis shift going on for quite a few years now. Our identity um, is being shifted in all ways, um, in all the ways I mentioned. I'm not going to go through them again. And, and we are being asked to really kind of step up as individuals as a part of the world and in bringing our heart, our mind, our feelings, everything into it. Um, so that's, I just wanted to mention about the Cardinal. I do want to mention as well, though, that Saturn, which is exactly opposite this new moon, is sitting on the uh, Pluto in the USA chart on this new moon. Whereas the full moon that we've just had, at 13 degrees, uh, which was a prenumbral lunar eclipse, um, was um, on the USA's birthday, so on July the 4th, so on the USA's sun, and now we've got Saturn right on the Pluto and the new moon opposite. Um, you know, I always have to apologise to our international neighbours for making it so USA-centric, all these reports, but the USA is really going through a major revolutionary change which all which is rippling out to the whole world and this new moon i think with saturn being on the pluto i think we're gonna see you know um jen mentioned you know the authorities kind of coming down hard on us um it does have that feeling of them attempting to at least really kind of putting up the brakes and the blocks and the barriers it could even mean um with covid still increasing in a lot of states it could mean you know like a nationwide mask um uh wearing order finally and <laughs> and think and more official lockdowns but it could also mean other forms of control as well and of course there's the worry there you know that unemployment insurance is going to run out rents are coming due 
people are not going to be able to pay their rents. The mortgages are not going to be able to be paid and things like that by the landlords and things like that. So I think it's, it's looking a little bit tough um, with Saturn being on Pluto for the um, US as a whole. So, right. yeah. And that also impacts the, um, you know, financial, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's the, it's all of it. it's a ripple effect or domino effect, like things start to collapse Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, the US has represented kind of the new child in the world, right? This great child that a lot of people looked up to and get like, wow, freedom. But, you know, when we see that it has been built on lies on the backs of, you know, people that have suffered on um, slavery, on abuse, it makes sense that it would then be... Um, broken down because one of the things that we have talked about is when you're out of um you're out of your truth out of integrity it'll collapse and this is you know we're in a four-year it's very much a saturn um controlled year capricorn saturn year in terms of keeping time of breaking down of whatever's out of integrity, all the lies. Like we have the opportunity to be in integrity with ourselves, with our community, with how we function. It is so much better to be truthful and apologize than be contrite as opposed to I did it right, I'm right, you're wrong. Like all of these different things about wanting to be right is really about holding ground that's crumbling. Like we're never going to get together if we keep agreeing that each of us, like we keep thinking we're right and the other person's wrong. It, it isn't about right or wrong. It's about what do we want going forward, right? And so finding the places where we can actually communicate that. And I, I was just noticing that Mars is a 12 degrees and we're in Aries and Ceres in 12 degrees. We have a couple of Juno 12. 12 is that number that... Um, It gives us the opportunity to get creative, to really kind of find the love for ourselves that we can speak our truth and create and be childlike uh, and learn by doing, right? Which is kind of what we need to do. I've never done this before. I don't know how to do it. How do I learn? Or the opposite, I'm a victim. It's everyone else's fault. And so... um, my life sucks and nothing will change. So it's that we're on that pivotal point between those two things of how we use our resources, the resources of the land, the energy towards our compassion for others, and even our initiating energy of Mars, right? How are we going to use it? You know, are we going to use it all up in anger or are we going to use it up, you know, in spitefulness and getting back? Are we going to revenge? Are we going to use it to initiate something new, right? I mean, I think anger is not a bad thing. It's, you know, it it helps us sometimes to get us going, start the fire. But we really do need to think. It's directed well as well. Right. We want to discern. I think yesterday I posted on Facebook, there's a lot of misdirected rage going around. But (laughs) But yeah, but anger can be really a powerful motivator. You're right. Yeah. Right. It's just getting more discerning. What is this anger? Why do I feel anger? Or there's something I feel misjudged or lacked. So how can I make that right and then move towards what I believe in? And so that's really comes back to being sovereign. Like when we take care of our own 
issues that are holding us hostage, then we become more sovereign. So why are we angry? Because we think somebody's taking something from us. So how do we, how do we come to peace with that? Like, what is it that we need and only we can kind of supply it, right? We set those boundaries. We ask for what we want. We say no when something is out of sync. You know, there's too much settling for something that's not good enough. And that's been the breakdown of this country. I really believe that, like, you know, in in our local communities and even in government, this idea like, oh, okay, you're giving me a little crumb. Okay, I'll take it. Instead of kind of standing back and saying, yeah, crumb is nice, but I really want my own slice of the cake. Now, how are we going to do that? Let's figure it out. If we give in too quickly because we're afraid that we won't be safe, again, that cancer energy, Mm. then we are betraying ourselves. And that's the 28. When we trust someone above ourselves and we go too quickly to agree to things that don't feel right, we will not be able to escape Mm. um, from that cycle and then become independent and then interdependent, which is working with others. I was kind of chuckling into it to myself when you said about this country being built on freedom, which it supposedly was. Yes. Um, But um, you know, that we're the pretty much the only country where uh, so many people are refusing to wear masks because of freedom. Right. It's kind of hilarious almost. (laughs) Ironical. It's ironical and very funny. Right. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't hurting people. It is. But you know, what's so interesting is those that scream the most about freedom are the ones that feel that their freedom, they don't have freedom. Yeah. Because when you know you are free, you don't need to defend it, right? It's just like the mask thing. When you find yourself defending something or angry or I got to convince you, then you know that you're out of sync because you know it's freedom is something you have to claim within you and how you deal with it doesn't mean we can't be controlled outside i mean outside environment can do things to us but it is our response are we in agreement that we are not free are we in agreement that our capacity or our our ability to connect to spirit cannot be contained Uh, i mean people can do things to us, but what are we thinking about in relationship yeah. to that? Am I a, a victim? Am I being controlled? And and it's so funny. These people who are probably the freest of all, right, in many ways, because they've had the most rights, feel the least free. Yeah. Right. And that's why they're shouting about it. Like they're like like little children. Like I- nobody set any boundaries that's one of the greatest things about you know when you don't have boundaries and what they say that about children and i think it's true for all of us when nobody's setting boundaries then you're just going to keep pushing the edges further and further right and you just feel overwhelmed because you don't know what's going to happen what's going to happen when i hit that boundary and if you just say this is the boundary these are the rules everyone wears masks then right and and then you have to have rules about the people that don't wear the mask instead of acting like the people who don't wear the mask are the most important, right? Like they get the most airtime because they're the most controversial. It's like mm-hmm. we're, we're 
rewarding them for their controversy instead of ignoring them and kind of pulling the rug away from them and making rules around how they can behave. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. (laughs) The irony is as well that if, you know, they're the same people that go, we've all got to get back to work, the economy, the economy. (laughs) They wore masks. (laughs) Their, their, their other freedoms would be freer but anyway right right very very strange but true right yes yeah. but that's how people's minds work right i mean this is what we do all the time like whatever our thing is about masks whatever we think we're being denied we've got to look at that right as opposed to trying to make other people behave the way we want to yeah yeah, I just stay away from them. <laughs> I, I just think that's smart. Like, why would you uh, give attention? Like, a lot of people want to confront people who don't wear masks. To me, that's not a good idea because you're you're giving credence to something instead of saying that's total bullshit. So you don't you don't have an opinion because you're not wearing a mask, yeah. and I'm just going to move away from you, right? So with mask um, mandates, that's going to be happening less and less, thankfully. (laughs) So I won't have to go to the grocery store and uh, give people a wide berth as much anymore. (laughs) But, you know, it is ironic, like you said, their behavior, like the chosen behavior of a few that's, you know, that has kind of moved through because nobody said you will wear a mask or you will, whatever the consequences, there's no boundary. that gives them more you know shouting power and um and then at some point you know just so it just kind of spreads it faster and then at some point like no one will be listening to them because it's like you know what you're the your your behavior is what's causing the problem right so moving yeah. oh my sound went weird it's back again um so i also you know jen at the start when she was looking at the numbers, talked about um, it being the day, the 20 day. Um, I did notice that Vesta um, is at 20 degrees of cancer on this new moon. And so there's that 20. And Vesta is uh, that sacred flame, uh, the hearth. And it was uh, the, the Vestal Virgins kept the flame burning. Um, and if it went out, then Rome would collapse. And it does feel like the falling of an empire right now. So, so Jen, what would you say about the um, Vesta also being at 20 degrees? Right. And just noticing that... Um, and in trying uh, Neptune. Yeah. yeah. Neptune is at 20 and I think the... What's that? The fortune. Oh, the part of fortune. That depends on where in the globe you are. So I'm not going to... Oh, right. Right. Yeah. But, yes. So very interesting that I think this is very true that... Um, you know, thinking about the flame of Vesta being the flame, the, when you think about the female energy that has been holding its flame for a very long time in, in terms of, in some way, in subjugation to the uh, plutocracy, like, yeah, we got the flame, we're going to keep this light burning, we're just going to kind of step back and mind our own business in a way, we're just keeping the flame burning. And I think that's probably true for many of us is that we have many things we believe in that we have held on to regardless of what's happening in the world around us. 
And when you see the number 20, the 20 is such a powerful number because it is uh, the number of um, the awakening. It's called the awakening by the ancients. And it's an opportunity to change the fire, right? So, you know, if the flame, if you think about the flame, the Vestal flame being submerged in some way, or mm. it's hidden because it's been in service to things we didn't believe in and possibly the Vestal virgins didn't believe in. They were subjugated. They yeah. were punished because yeah. they weren't about, wasn't about not, they were forced not to have sex with men and stuff, but it wasn't really about sex. It was about this idea of keeping the fire and, and sexuality is our fire, right? So it's the opposite. It's very interesting when you start looking at why would you take the fire and suppress it and then take this sexual stuff underground, which is all the stuff we've had to deal with this, um, you know, that's starting to come up and surface that people are, are, are being honest about, right? So it's been underground and people have pretended it hasn't happened and we'll look the other way and we'll, we'll treat people who do these things like, you know, uh, like they're, they, they didn't do it or they should get special treatment. And I, I do believe that this energy of Vesta rising in this way is a signal to um, allow what needs to be uh, released in order for the flame to be awakened or to be brought into our consciousness. Please think about it. You know, Neptune, the idea, the idea of being lit up in prison, the spirituality, all those things that have been hidden and have an opportunity to be awakened. We all move we all move spiritual time and really spiritual in the sense of who we are. It's not so much, although those are useful tools to do meditation and prayer and and yoga, those are all tools to meditate, um, you know, to, I mean, to be spiritual. Mm -hmm. Spirituality is a way of life. It's a way of thinking and holding others to that place and holding ourselves. And so when you think about it in those terms, how uh, we're being given this opportunity to, you know, restart the flame and to bring it into the open. This is who we are. We're not going to pretend. We're not going to hide it because it's convenient for a few. We're not going to pretend we have no power. We're not going to keep letting you just abuse the, our personal power for your own nefarious needs. I hope, I hope by the way, oh, my sound keeps going now. Your voice went really weird then. So apologies if it came through on the recording for everybody. <laughs> Um, I hope it didn't because we're having some weird Mercury uh, interruptions right. every now and again. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously Jen couldn't hear at her end, but uh, oh. no. But hopefully it made sense. Like I could, there was like a popping. I think it's some may even be what we're talking about. The popping before a few minutes ago, before you said that, I could got like a weird popping no, in, and then uh, you your voice went really weird. So, but, but could did you hear what I was saying? Mostly. <laughs> yeah, you could get the idea. So we're good. All right, good, good. Yeah. So I just want to apologize to anybody if it comes to on the recording. It might not. You never know with these things, especially right. when you're doing these things during a Mercury retrograde. So, so uh, yeah, Mercury's going uh, retrograde. Yeah, that as well. Uh, on the degree that Mercury was at, uh, anyway. But talking of that 12 degree mark, Jen mentioned it um, in terms of the numbers and things with Juno at 12 degrees Libra, Ceres stationing retrograde today at um, 12 degrees of Pisces. 
and on the new moon mars at 12 degrees of aries it's kind of almost like um well the the divine masculine in all of us is going through a major healing with mars in aries especially with mars going retrograde in aries which is so rare the last time it happened was 88 before that it was 1941 okay so it that's how often mars goes retrograde in its own sign aries and it's happening this year and um on this new moon mars is almost at the degree it will retrograde to it's still conjunct chiron the key to healing which has just turned retrograde so it's there's a whole feeling with everything being at 12 to me with um it's opposing juno which is the sacred marriage um, asteroid, as well as the rights of the oppressed, but it's it's this sacred marriage between um, the the Mars ruled Aries and um, and Juno in Libra, which is Venus ruled. So it's bringing that divine feminine and divine masculine back into balance into this um, sacred marriage, and then Ceres at twelve degrees as well. She was all connected with this grief and loss of her daughter to um, to a man, basically, um, Pluto down in the underworld. So, you know, there's a lot of healing going on around this. I was talking to somebody earlier today about it, um, you know, how it's not just about healing men. This is about healing the divine masculine, right. all of us, because exactly. women uphold the patriarchy as much as men a lot of the time, you know, um, and, you know, unwittingly, you know, even some of the um, the more um, feminist kind of women uphold the patriarchy also. And we've got to learn how to do things differently with these energies this year, I think, about, you know, how we listen to each other and how we um, speak to each other and how we work with each other and how we heal those energies within ourselves coming to sovereignty as so back to that again so i love that mars is with those two um at the same thing right and and having the opportunity with that 12 degree to truly find the childlike wonder of being um uh, male energy right the the initiator the one that gets to make things real is so powerful um i was also just noticing that jupiter who was the wife and husband of Juno, the partner, uh, is a 21, which is the reverse of 12. So it's very interesting. It's this energy of being able to go, I could go to, you know, if I think about childlike energy and bringing the divine together, two sides of me, the intuitive side and the action, right, which is what um, the two represent. One is energy coming in or ideas. The other is the output of it out in the world. That's the male, female, or whatever. Right, it's right and left brains. It's all right. And so, just thinking about that, like I could go sulk in the corner and be mad because things aren't going the way I want them to, which you know is usually what happens because we have expectations. But if you take away the expectation and you're just in curiosity and joy about the experience you're having, in love with the idea of being able to intuit things and bring them into reality. Maybe they don't look the way you imagine, but you know, you can always imagine something more. You can always change something more. Mm -hmm. So it really is quite extraordinary to think about this idea of 
let yourself be healed through your own loving actions and curiosity. And, you know, just looking at all those ones that we have, the sacred one, which is very connected to Aries, very connected to Mars, this one energy, this focus on new beginning. <laughs> right, right. And we're in an 11 universal month, double new beginnings. It really is about letting, trusting ourselves, trusting the light, trusting others so that we can move forward. And just looking at the, you know, the moon, sun and moon at the 28, which is the one. We have Uranus at, a, at the one. We also have the Lilith. Is that one? Yeah. Black moon Lilith. Yeah. Moon Lilith. And then, you know, the um, Sedna and the nodes. Right. It's, it's Right. There's a lot. And we also have, yeah, she said Sedna. That's right. She's at 19. What else do we have? Oh, she's at 28 too. Uh, oh, the oh, Palace Athena is it? Palace Athena, right, at 19 is another one. So there's a lot of energy toward new. And what happens, which I think is so important to me when I look at this um, map, is um, when new begins, it's underground. It is not on the surface. And that's what's happening. Like our... Um, thinking and desiring and imagination and starter energy is underground and that's a good thing it's like we're keeping it to ourselves we're keeping it between us we're not telling everybody what we're doing we're going local we're going underground we're strategizing we're planning we're getting ready this is so important right now this time until November, the end of November, when we come into December, when we start moving into a new phase where we actually start to share some of the things we've been doing, mm. is, uh, it just feels really key. This, this um, uh, new moon is about that, is about understanding. And that's too, is connecting to our sovereignty. When we understand we don't have to tell everybody what we're doing because we believe in it, we trust it. We know the path we're going. We may not know everything that's going to happen, but we have an idea of what's important to us. We want to um, kind of go around what the um, uh, plutocracy or what the government, all these people are doing, right? Because they want to control us and we just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just yeah. kind of stay in our places and get the stuff going, whatever it is that we're bringing out. I did want to mention that we, um, and there I think we should move on to the symbols then, but um, this um, new moon is very related to the eclipse that was on January the 10th, that was at 20 degrees, there's that 20 again, of Cancer and Capricorn, so, so and that was on January the 10th, so there's the ones and the 20s and all the twos again, and that was um, kind of the uh, full moon eclipse uh, in the um, opposite sign, of, well, in the same sign, actually. And, uh, and then, of course, this new moon in Cancer will fulfill six, in six months' time, too. So uh, this is taking us back to pre-COVID, if you like, before it really hit. Um, right, right. And all the things that have, were unfinished, right? Yes. So all the things that were happening in January, I think we talked a little bit about last time, but definitely things that were brewing last year, mm -hmm. uh, coming to an ending, depending on what cycle you're in. Uh, but uh, we're in a 
two cycles. So whatever was happening in the last cycle, right? We're going, I mean, we're in a fall, right? So we're actually creating the foundations for something new. So whatever was happening in the last uh, 15 years is going to start coming to fruition in terms of what's been hidden, what's been underground, who are the people that have been doing things that we didn't know about, or what are these things are going to start coming up. We're going to start seeing more innovation in terms of, again, moving away from doing things for the sake of it and more towards what would make sense what would help us realize the things we actually believe in yeah so i think we should do the symbols i think you're right all right i'm going to go first this time okay so i found this one really interesting because the symbol of cancer is um like two fish swimming the opposite ways. Um, and this symbol is a large school of baby fish swimming in a group. You spawn fertile variations on an archetypal theme. These surround and envelop you, saturated with your own creations, afloat in a multi-time warp. It is all old stuff backed up too far, too long. And so the familiarity smothers the closeness renders insensible. You are just about consumed by myriad paths streaming through. And the only possibility is to acknowledge how fed up you are with yourself and to open to fresh facets with no expectations, no assumptions, no programs, nothing but the living moment. And I just think that's wonderful for these energies with the cancer and things because cancer energy is very creative, but it also can be very smothering and suffocating. And it's all to do cancer with ancestry and old stories and family stories, family programming. Um, and this being a, a new start, new beginning at the 28 degrees is just to to leave all that behind really and and be in the moment and know that you can say i'm done with that i'm over it i get over it i'm fed up with it so i'll move on and be over. Yeah. yeah exactly stop looking back at the stories of the past if only or looking forward to i mean looking at you know fixated on yeah. what's going to happen in the future just be here now and that's the most powerful way to be safe is to be in your body where you are discerning from that place very powerful and to swim <laughs> when exactly that's what a fish has to do they can't think about yesterday they just have to be in the moment in the water now this is what is if they stop swimming they die right fish <laughs> Crazy. So the Sabian symbol is a Greek muse weighing newborn twins in golden scales. So beautiful. The keynote is the intuitive weighing of alternatives. The symbol seems to show that the return to nature is only one of two possibilities. Somehow the repolarization of consciousness and life activities implied maybe more a dream or ideal than a practical reality. In any case, the process of individualization, there are two ways that are open. The individual person may hesitate before making his decision. His intuition, the muse, 
or her intuition, the muse, is able to show her what the choice is. Perhaps there can be a way of combining the two alternatives. But the one in which the end has the greatest appeal may not be the way, the nature way, right? So what the nature way, I'm interpreting that to mean what we think, what we've done before, right? Yeah. The natural way to us, which yeah. may not be, you know, the new way, right? So we want to go back to the old way, but now we're going to weigh what is the better way for us. Mm. So it's kind of like this idea of how we have done things. This is how, how it works. When we do X, Y happens. Let's keep the system safe. You know, we have all those ideas, you know, to a man and a woman, you know, should be a couple as opposed to people choosing for themselves. Like those are just ideas that people have had in the past. We have no reason for actually being fixated on those ideas. They're just things that have been given to us. I think a black um, matter with that because a lot of people are upset because uh, Black Lives Matter say they're going to break up the um, uh, the idea of the uh, the family unit the tradition oh. but they what they mean is they they don't mean you you can't have a family unit they mean it's acceptance of other ways of doing things you know that it doesn't have to be a mother a father and two children and things like right. So, right. but i mean exactly but who made up that stuff these are just people like, some group of people got together and said this is how it is exactly. well now a group of people are getting together and saying well this is how it is right yeah. something different so yeah, just because we've followed things and we said, well, that's the way, we not we should be asking, well, who who decided that that would be the way? Just a bunch of people that decided, right? That's exactly my point, you know, and and that's what this this speaks to me, um, you know, as I was reading it and you were talking about it. It was uh, the inner represent inner presentation of alternatives. It's like right. new ways of thinking about things, but it's more about intuiting it rather than um rationalizing it and saying right exactly and i think that's the point even though it's convoluted the way it says it that it's the idea that because what we think of is natural it's natural for male and female to get together therefore it should be like that it's natural for the same people to stay together those are not natural those are have been habituated on us yeah uh, so it's really saying that that's not natural at all, that we should intuit, like you say, come up with what feels good to us. You should check through our hearts anyway, not through our heads, because the heart is actually a much bigger uh, brain. Like we have three brains, but we usually only use the head brain, which is the yeah. weakest of the three. It's the reasoning brain. We have our heart brain, which is the most powerful, because if your heart stops, you're dead, right? Like the fish. Right. <laughs> that's true your brain you can keep the brain alive but um the brain stops the body can still function the heart stops you're dead so that's the power of the heart so breathing through and thinking through your heart thinking through your gut which is our intuition right that's the other brain and i've got more to say on it next time but um we're moving <laughs> into the age of aquarius and the age of leo if you think about it in the southern um hemisphere the opposite point i was watching a really interesting presentation by a um, fabulous astrologer maurice fernandez about that 
and we're asking about to bring our heart into it and you know anyway i think we're going to have to say where you can find us um it sounds like my husband's home and i'm going on a holiday in the morning to on a trip and he wants me to take him to go and pick his car up by the sounds of things so, so Jen, how can people find you so people can find me at, on my website jenduchen.com that's j-e-n-d-u-c-h-e-n-e and I have a YouTube channel. You can find me there under Jen I believe. Um, I have a group on Facebook, We Belong Here. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and my cards are available on my website. I have uh, groups. I share a lot of information. You can find me everywhere, I guess. And I'm Louise Eddington. Um, my website is louiseeddington.com, L-O-U-I-S-E-E-D-I-N-G-T-O-N. And my business is called uh, Cosmic Owl Astrology. So I have a Facebook page of that name, Instagram, YouTube. I think that's it. I have a Facebook group called Planetary Magic Cafe. Um, and my books, my complete guide to astrology is doing really well. It's uh, regularly at number four of um, the astrology books and um, in the top uh, 2,000 of all 8 million books on Amazon and it's an astrology book so that's really good so if you own my book please 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 leave me a review on Amazon even if you didn't buy it there if you don't own it go buy it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so for now, it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen. <laughs> <laughs>